Okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> this is two girls, one ghost. Two girls. I don't know why I did. It's because gr- <laughs> you're- It's the hair. <laughs> you're spunky. You're so 2000. I'm spunky. I'm funky. We're two girls, one ghost. That's Corinne. I'm Sabrina. You're Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> I would love to be Lizzie McGuire. Hillary Duff was my idol girl. I mean, are you kidding? That would be the dream to be. Best person to come out of Disney Channel and Miley. This is an Encounters episode. And if you're new here, mm-hmm. we read your ghost stories back to you and have a lot of reactions and scare ourselves. We've been doing this for how many years? We grew up in haunted homes and yet we still manage to terrify ourselves because... That's what you're in for here at Two Girls, One Ghost. If the stories don't scare you, our reactions to being scared will scare you. (laughs) Remember years ago when the zipper on one of my bags started moving and it was like the scariest five minutes of the podcast? I don't remember that. I blocked that out. Oh, well, lots of stuff happened. Sounds like something that would scare us. It was scary. And yeah, despite the many years of doing this, we still get shocked by all of the things that you have all experienced. Yeah. And so let us begin with some ghost stories. Why don't you begin? Oh, okay. I will go first. You seemed like you were ready to go first, so I'm giving you the baton. I volunteer. As tribute. Okay. Except for we all know that if we were in a real haunted situation, the ghost would for sure come for me and I would be the sacrifice. Because I would push you first. (laughs) I follow you into the room. So you're the first person they see and they're like, ooh, ooh. Let's take her. And I'm like, okay, fine. Whatever. Not <laughs> I'm fine. You're the most open to it. Yeah. Okay. Hello, Corinne, Sabrina, and sweet little Leia. You can use my name, which is Anna, she, her. Hi, Anna. First, a bit of backstory. I am the only child for my dad and fifth child for my mom. My siblings from her first marriage are 20, 17, 15, and 13 years older than me. Talk about starting over. <laughs> oh. Oh, my dad passed away from his second round of cancer when I was seven months old. My sisters stepped in and helped my mom with me while he was sick and then after he was gone. So I had one mom and three mother hens. Oh, Couldn't get away with anything without one of them hot on my tail. <laughs> <laughs> when I was small, mom remarried and I had the best stepdad a child could ask for. Anyhow, my sister, who's 15 years older than me, ended up buying a house that was on the same block as us when I was four. This place was down about six houses on the street and behind our house. This will be an important bit later. Okay. I had a reoccurring nightmare for years that absolutely terrified me. In the nightmare, my sister and her husband were moving into this house, and I was playing in the living room while she was trying to hang curtains in the window. She would put it up and it would fall as she walked away. This happened a few times, and she got frustrated and had my mom come over to help her. And as they were struggling with the curtains, a strong gust of wind shot through the room, creating like a tornado of newspapers and paper towels separating me from everyone. And then this deep growling voice would (gasps) yell, get out. And then at this point, I would wake up terrified. Sad, scary. So one evening, we were visiting my sister, and I fell asleep at her house, and they decided to let me sleep over, and my mom would come and get me in the morning. This was the first night that I had this nightmare, and I was only four years old at the time. I woke up from this nightmare in the middle of the night, terrified, and I needed to get out of that house now. It was the dead of winter in Wisconsin. I managed to get my winter gear on, and I went out the door. No clue how I found our house, but yeah. 
but I remember climbing up a snowdrift behind our house to bang on the window as I yelled, Mama! Just before I arrived home, my sister woke up and discovered that I was gone. I'm sorry, you're a Matilda little like genius at four years old if you're traversing the winter climate to return home. Can you imagine how scared you'd be when you discovered that the child is gone too? One, because it's like, were they abducted? And two, it's like if they wandered out, it's freezing cold. Like the chances of being found and surviving till morning. Scary. She was on the phone with my mom in a panic and I banged on the window. Mom told her that I was there and she could hear me calling from outside of the window. I do think my dad was there guiding me home that night and woke up my sister in time. This was my first experience with my sister's creepy-ass house, and she lived there for many years. I always hated that house. It had such heavy, depressing feelings, so hard to breathe in there. I was forced to spend the night there a couple times when I was older, and I hated every single second of it. In one of the bedrooms at night, as you lay quietly, you could hear a heartbeat in the corner. Okay, Edgar Allan Poe. I know. I didn't sleep much those nights. I would just curl up under the covers, praying that it would leave me alone. When my sister and her family would leave for a vacation, we would watch over her house for her. My mom, her friend, and I would go for our evening walk around the block, and the first time that we would pass her house, all would be quiet. The second round, the lights and the TV would be on. We had to call the police for them to go in and inspect the house. Oh my God. Because this happened a few times on different vacations. The police never found anything. I was about 13 and my mom was going to be out of town. So, of course, I had to stay at the house of horrors. (laughs) That night, my sister and her family had something going on. It wouldn't be home until late. There was absolutely no flipping way I was going to spend hours alone in there. So I invited a friend along. I did not tell her anything about this house. Poor kid ended up getting the absolute shit scared out of her. Oh, no. We were just hanging out, watching MTV. And this was back in the day when they only played music videos. Everything happened so fast, all just seconds apart. We were talking about the video, and something pulled my hair as she saw my head jerk back. (gasps) A light turned on in the other room, and she yelled, What's going on? Who just turned on that light? I said, Not sure if we should be more scared of who turned on the light or what the light is, because there was no light in that room. (sighs) Just after I said that, the TV would turn off, then it turned on, and then off, and then full volume, and then mute. And so we both ran out of the house and we just stood outside looking in as things were just going nuts in the house. So we decided to go to my sister's friend's house and see if we could stay there until she came back. We banged and we banged at her door and there was no answer. So we went to my mom's friend's house to do the same thing. And again, no answer. So then we went back to her house and we stood there debating what we should do. I do have a key to my house, but it was in the house of horrors (laughs) and we would have to leave a note because cell phones didn't exist. So it took about 20 minutes to build up the courage to go back in. And as we opened the door, everything stopped. I hate it. I wrote a note. I grabbed the key and we booked it out of there. After we got to my house and calmed down from the ordeal, we did end up going to sleep. To be woken up to someone banging on my bedroom window. My friend shot up and cried, not at your house too. (laughs) And this time it was my sister telling me that they were home if we wanted to go back there doing it through the window that's so scary (laughs) 
They probably tried the front too and no one woke up. So that's what they went around yeah. to the back. You but know? I would have just like left them and be like, we'll get them tomorrow. Yeah. That was a big hell to the no. We were staying here. <laughs> that was the last night that I ever stayed at her house. And this thing tormented my sister for years, opening and closing doors, moving things, and so much more. Little did my friend know that that night, my house was also haunted. <laughs> In the house I grew up in, we had intelligent and residual hauntings. The house was built in the early 70s, and the first family that lived in it had eight kids. We were the Whoa. second family in this house, and no deaths happened in the house. At night, you could hear kids playing outside, and you could also hear 70s music in the basement. Pretty sure that that was all residual. That's cool. We had three different ghosts that I would see. A little boy who looked to be around six years old, an older boy around 14, and an adult man. This one, I think, was my father. You Aww. couldn't make out the faces on any of them. The man ghost you could tell was wearing khaki pants, and my dad always wore khaki pants in life. The first spirit I saw was the teen boy. I was small, maybe five-ish at the time, playing hide-and-go-seek in the basement with my cousins, and I opened the door to hide in that room, and as I run into the room, I stopped dead in my tracks because someone was sitting on some boxes, and he wasn't one of my cousins. He was sitting there with his head in his hands, and then he turned, and he looked at me. I screamed, and he <laughs> disappeared. I ran upstairs, and I told my mom that the boogeyman lived in the basement. My cousins were lectured about scaring me, and I tried to tell them that they didn't do it, but it fell on deaf ears. I like that the boogeyman is like a teenage boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, wait, remember I saw a little ghost boy because of playing hide-and-seek with my brother? I went down into the basement because I was like, he'll never come down here. And I was feeling brave that day. And I just stood at the bottom of the stairs. And then I heard him upstairs being like, mom, will you come check the basement to look for Corinne with me? And they opened the door. And that's when I turn into the other room to like run and find a new hiding spot that's not like dead at the bottom of the stairs where he would find me a second. And underneath our foosball table was a little boy just crouching there. And Hate. then he like crawled really fast and disappeared. Hate that. Yeah, it was scary. You were trying to scare him and then you got scared. I got scared. <laughs> After that day, I started to see this boy a lot more before I knew that the other two would show up. My mom moved me into three different bedrooms because she thought maybe it was lights shining in my room at night that was scaring me. I kept telling her that they are watching me. I would not stay in my bedroom every night. I would crawl into my mom and dad's bed. This went on until maybe I was 10 and I finally braved the night in my own room. I always had to wear socks to bed. Otherwise, they would tickle my feet if oh. they stuck out of the blankets. It was always small things that they would do. And for the longest time, I was the only one that could see them. Mom didn't have any experience until I was about 16. One night, she was up late, in pain with a broken leg, and someone started massaging her shoulders. She said that it was so nice, and as she turned around, expecting to see her husband standing there, it was a male ghost. The Grin, second you're proving my point. Back tickles, back massages that are nice. Sometimes you get a little massage. <laughs> she said the second she saw him, he disappeared. She did see the boy ghost just after she was diagnosed with sleep apnea. It was the first night with her CPAP machine, and she woke up to someone trying to pull the mask off of her face. It was the little boy ghost, and I'm sure he thought that he was helping her. Yeah, he was probably scared of what it was. Aww. Yeah. I graduated high school, and I moved out into my own apartment with my boyfriend slash ex-husband. 
let's just call him a butt nugget. <laughs> Sorry, other butt nuggets out there. I know that this is an insult. <laughs> butt nugget. He's more of like a chewed up kernel of corn that's not worthy of reincarnation in the nugget. But that is just too long, so butt nugget will have to do. <laughs> Anyhow, I ended up getting pregnant, and because he couldn't hold a job to save his life, we had to move back in with my parents. A couple months later, I married Butt Nugget. The man ghost hated him, and I mean really hated him. I was pretty sure by then that this was my dad. I did see the man ghost, aka my dad, standing next to him with his arms crossed, shaking his head in disbelief that this Butt Nugget was still here. My ex would wake up to the ghost dad standing over him, sometimes would violently shake the bed and throw things at Butt Nugget. Oh my gosh. I never woke up to any of this, only after it stopped, and then I would wake up. After our first child was born, things started to slow down with the activity for a while. One day, when my little guy was about nine months old, I laid him down for a nap, and about 20 minutes later, he let out this blood-curdling scream. I ran into his room and he was terrified. He was shaking. He was crying. And as I grabbed him and turned to leave the room, his rocking horse was rocking on its own. We did eventually move out and I had our second son. After about three years of putting up with the constant cheating, physical, and mental abuse, I kicked Butt Nugget to the curb. I moved back into my mom's for a while until I could get on my feet. See ya, Butt Nugget. See ya, Butt Nugget. I feel like we should start calling him Skidmark because that's even meaner. Yeah. One day, my youngest son was talking away and having a great time. I asked, who are you talking to? And he responded, my friend Papa. Oh. Whenever I would have a rough day or I was just sad, when I would go to bed, a warm hand would always softly caress my head until I fell asleep. Wait, this is sweet. <laughs> this is so sweet. Years later, my boys and I were talking about this house. and My oldest brought up that one thing he missed about the house was the warm hand that would caress his head. My youngest piped up and said, oh, me too. I never knew until then that they had also experienced this as well. I know Ghost Dad still watches over me and my family. One time I woke up to this black entity trying to get to me, and it was like I had a shield around me just pushing this thing back. Skip ahead a few years later, I met a kind and loving man, and we have now been married for 25 years. Wow, that's amazing. He doesn't believe in the paranormal. And when we bought our house, it has this huge pet cemetery in the backyard. He said, oh, I suppose you'll see a little ghost dogs or cats now. Ha ha, funny guy. I wish. Aww. Could you imagine just how awesome that would be? Nowadays, I do not experience much of the paranormal, but we do have some spirits in our house. When I feel them around, I tell them, you're not welcome in here. This is my space. Please leave. But they did show my husband that they existed. Just one time. That's all it takes. I came out of the kitchen to go to the bathroom, and he was standing there staring at the door looking confused. He looked at me, and he said, don't go in there. Someone's in the bathroom. Um, no, there cannot be. We are the only people at home. He was going to go use the bathroom, and the door closed right in front of him. I laughed, and I opened the door, and to his surprise, there was no one in there. I told him, you try to deny the spirit world now. <laughs> Not sure if my story will make it into the podcast, but it does feel nice to tell my story. I usually get two reactions. Either I scare the living shit out of people, or they look at me like I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Perhaps someday I will sit down and send you my youngest son's experience. He has a couple of doozies. Poor kid. We gave him a haunted room. Oh. <laughs> I also think you gave him the 
gift or curse of seeing spirits because you are just very open. Also, Ghost Jeepaw possibly saved him from a demon? Thank you for reading this. What? I know. Send us that. Seriously. Excuse me. (laughs) Thank you for reading this and see you on the other side, you spooktacular ghostesses, Anna. P.S. Something that might interest Sabrina, the town I grew up near is Belleville. And then they sent basically like an article and it says three towns claim to be the UFO capital of Wisconsin, (gasps) which really is. So there's a bunch of UFOs in the area too. Anna, have you seen UFOs? What if some of the hauntings that Anna experienced were aliens, especially like the light in her sister's house? Like what she said, because it wasn't an actual light. It was just a thing. Right. And it's odd that it's like, it keeps going on and off. It's like a flicker. Right. But there's no light in there. So it does feel like a real light. Yeah. Could not be. Not just like an orb moving around. Trying to abduct a human. Searching each room, trying to find where the bodies are. Two things. Well, many things. First, I just need to say this because we talked about Hillary Duff, Lizzie McGuire in the beginning. But the dream that Anna had of the like wind bursting through and separating her from everyone else reminded me so much of the opening scene, or I guess not opening, but the scene in Cinderella story, the Hillary Duff Cinderella story, where there's (laughs) the earthquake and she can't like she can't get to her dad. I don't even remember that, but now I need to rewatch. Or her dad like basically goes back to save someone else. Yeah. It's sad. It does feel like such a stress dream too. Well, I mean, that house is terrifying. You know, where you're like separated from your family, you can't get to them. And the amount of times that Anna was like left alone in that house to deal with hauntings. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. It sounds like the most intense thing that happened was that night that she had a witness, her friend who was completely unrelated to her family or these homes to basically like have this proof that yes, Anna's sister lives in a haunted house. I would love to hear Anna's sister's perspective of that house because I'm sure there's so many hauntings that maybe she didn't even tell Anna because Anna was young, you know? Are there right secret hauntings that we don't know? Right. That's true. How much was hidden? It's a tough thing too because I feel like people do try to protect children by not telling them certain things that happen. But then with time, as more things happen, you start to forget things that occurred. So if you don't tell enough people, the memory of that instance might not exist anymore. Dissipates. Well, this is why Mm -hmm. we have offered ourselves to be your paranormal journal. And yes, dear diary, anything paranormal happens, you write down and you send it to us. Mm-hmm. Your hauntings can be like two sentences. We will still read it. Like, we want to know what shit you've seen. <laughs> and Anna, you've seen a lot. To me, it kind of sounds like Anna is a little bit more open and in tune with the paranormal world. It's not necessarily the places that Anna is going, but it's Anna herself. Or maybe Anna's family, too. Yeah, it does. It does feel like a hereditary thing. Yeah. She was the youngest at the time as well. So perhaps. But also it's like mm-hmm. her kids are experiencing things, her mom experienced. There's just a lot going on. There is a lot going on. There's a lot going on in this story that I'm about to read to you. And I'm going to give an adult content warning. Perfect. It is from our listener, Jess, called Incubus or Soulmate. Hey, Corinne and Sabrina. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Congrats on getting married, Corinne. I hope you had an amazing day. Thanks. I did start this email a while ago, but better late than never. Okay, so before I get into my story, 
I have no idea if I'm in another timeline or something, but I swear to God, I listened to episode 248, The Mystery of Mel's Hole, last year by you. That is weird because I probably put it on my list to cover a year before actually covering it. So maybe there was this like weird, weird glitch. The day I decided to cover it is the day that you heard it one year early. And then just that I binge listened to all the episodes twice over in the last year and still can swear that I heard it twice because I listened to both. Hmm. Please tell me other people are emailing you the same thing so I know I'm not going crazy. I listened to 248 and all the facts were the exact same, but told in a different way than what I had first heard. So weird. What other podcast do you listen to? Because well, maybe someone else covered it? Jess wrote, I also searched on Spotify for Mel's Hole and I have not listened to any of the other episodes that have covered it of any other podcast. Weird. Okay. But this is a just a short story before the Incubus Soulmate story because Jess says, I have a couple up my sleeve. But I'm Ozzy, and I live in a small town in New South Wales, and we can always see stars on a clear night. One night, I was laying on my driveway, stargazing, getting lost in thought. And first, it started with the streetlight about a meter and a half away from me, flicking off. This creepy phenomena always happens around me, so I didn't really pay too much attention to it, which we talked about early days. Streetlight phenomena. Yeah, streetlight phenomena. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I started to focus on one star. And I got this really, really creepy feeling from it, like it was watching me back. It seemed crazy at the moment as it looked like a normal star in the sky just twinkling. But after a couple of minutes of watching this very same star, it started to move. I have to preface that I've never seen a shooting star, but I assume it just shoots across the sky from one area to another. That's correct. In a straight line. Yes. Well, this one moved in a C shape. If you started it from the bottom and then finished it at the top. So like. Aliens. And then it completely disappeared. I was thoroughly creeped out. And as soon as it disappeared, I ran back inside. I have no idea <laughs> if I lost time, but I always think about when I look at the night sky and how I weirdly feel drawn to it, especially the moon. Hmm. You're a moon child, Jess. Okay. Anywho, here is my incubus or maybe soulmate story. So for some background information, before I start my story, I was about 37 weeks pregnant and my husband was working the night shift. So I was home alone with my two kitty cats. I've never in my life had a dream like this before and thankfully never had it again. I'd gone to bed like any other normal night and I had even gotten up to do my nightly pee because pregnant. And all good, nothing out of the ordinary. The cats were sleeping on the bed. So this is where the trigger warning comes in. This story is a little mature for young listeners. I was sleeping and I was having a dream where I found myself quite aroused. I'm going to blame the pregnancy hormones. In my dream, it's late afternoon and my bedroom is lit by the setting sun. I'm laying on my bed, but I was laying across the bed, not the length of it, the way you would when you sleep. This is important mm. later on. When all of a sudden I felt an invisible force above me and it picks me up and starts doing some maneuvers, winky face, which is really turning me on. Mind you, I am not pregnant in this part of the dream and all I can think to describe it is 
Scary Movie 2 with Tori Spelling having sex with the ghost, except that my (laughs) ghost was gentle, but also very eager. In the dream, I can feel myself trying to fight the arousal. I was finding it just too weird, and it was becoming weirder when this invisible figure's camouflage started to crack, and I could start to see what was his face. But it was kind of like a static TV where I could only see partial flashes that would appear and disappear. This glitch was enough for me to wake up from my dream, and I came to. When I woke up, I was laying on my bed sideways in the same position that I was laying on my bed in my dream. What in the world? My husband came into the room and approached me, climbing on top of me, telling me how he was in the mood and hopping right to it. I didn't mind because I was still slightly aroused from the dream and I was pregnant and I put it down to hormones and he started to kiss me while trying to get my pants off. Meanwhile, I was trying to talk to him about the dream I just had. And the more I thought about the dream, the more it kind of creeped me out. As I was looking at my husband trying to frantically remove my clothing so that we could make move, and I'm not sure if his rush in to get the deed started, all of a sudden his face faltered and glitched to the man from the first dream. No. When I noticed it the first time, it was like this man knew that I saw the real him and was working even harder to get into my pants while making direct eye contact with me. And his face was glitching from the real him to my husband's face. I fought hard to wake myself up. I managed to for a couple of seconds before my body slipped back into the dream. So it was like a dream within a dream. Yeah. There's one layer where it's a warm up, and the next layer is using the attempt at closing the uh, experience. Yes. Securing the deed. But again, when I woke up, I was laying sideways on the bed. I believe this spirit was somehow controlling my consciousness because. I mentally fought with all my might to wake up but couldn't. That is until the sweet sound of my alarm completely woke me up and out of my dream. I was so thankful that I was still going to work at that point because otherwise I don't know what would have happened if my alarm was not on. I have to apologize to people that have dreams within dreams and think that they are awake when they exit one dream but enter another realistic one. I always thought it was a bit far-fetched, but after this, I know it is not at all. I was in these Mm -hmm. dreams as clear as day and felt every bit of it. What do you think about this man? He didn't give off any malicious energy, but there was an urgency in his behavior. Like maybe I may have known this man once upon a time and that the stars aligned for him to come see me and he took the opportunity and didn't want to miss it. Mind you, this man looked like he was in his late 30s, early 40s and wasn't my type at all. But I don't know. What do you think? Thanks for the great podcast. I love listening. And I'm up to date again, so I'm sad I have to wait for episodes to come out. Thanks to your podcast, I'm now my work's ghost girl, and they all tell me their ghostly encounters in my office. Lots of love, Jess. This is bringing me back to when we spoke to Conchetta Bertoldi a few years ago, and she had discussed that there was a consistent sexual visitor of a spirit who she felt and like had the knowledge of basically being a partner from previous lives that they used to have a relationship. And so in spirit form, even though he didn't incarnate this round, he still found her and they still would partake in some adult activities together. Could it be that? Remember she said that it was the best sex she's ever had. Like she's like married (laughs) and she's like, no knocks to my husband, but 
there was just a different connection between this spirit and ghost sex. Yeah, ghost sex. It's different. I feel like when people have visitations from spirits in their dreams, one of the things that people say is like, you think that you're awake. Like that's one of the things, even if weird things are happening around you, you're at least conscious that you're in a dream. You're in your body. If you look down, you can see your toes, you can see your hands. You don't have this like aerial view of yourself or you're not like a different character. Yeah. And it sounds like she basically had this in both dreams. And it's weird that she, when she woke up in the second part, was flipped onto the side. I know. Which could just be like her physically moving while like experiencing the dream. But yeah, I don't know. But it also made me think that the spirit was like, oh, I know that this is something that she's thinking about as being odd and believing this to be a dream. So maybe this won't happen for me. Why don't I have her, quote unquote, wake up in that position and be your husband in appearance so that we can move forward with what I'm trying to do. It is fascinating. It's almost like the spirit knew that she was trying to fight it so much that he was like, okay, I'm going to make her think that she woke up and try a different tactic. Yeah. Here's the thing. You didn't feel scared. So this doesn't have to be thought of like a negative energy, a negative experience or being. It sounds like it was intriguing and there was nothing really scary about it other than just the realization that it happened. I don't know what it is, but like ever since How to Hang a Witch, ghost and human relationship, like I am so here for it. Like I, Mm. what's the word when you root for a couple? Oh, like you ship them? I ship it. Thank you. I ship consensual human and ghost Mm. relationships. I'm all for it. Yeah. One of the disappointing moments of my life was when I was a freshman in high school in my creative writing class, I wrote this really lovely story about, there was a lot to it, but basically like she falls in love with a man who she met briefly when he was alive that turned out to be dead very soon after. And his curiosity was piqued. Basically, the premise of this was like, she lived in New York. She was walking to work and this man is in front of her and they're like all waiting at the crosswalk and they're starting to go. And a car, like a taxi keeps going and she reaches out and touches his jacket, but she can't like get traction and pull him back enough and watches him get hit right in front of her. And it's just like this chaos. People are calling... 911 and like this whole thing happens and then later that night when she's like still trying to go through the process of what happened she enters her apartment and Corinne you wrote there's this? an intruder yeah there's I an intruder in there and she's freaking out I tried to find it a long time ago and I can't find it but she's freaking out because there's this like man in her apartment and then she very very quickly after them being like she's like oh and he's like don't freak out like whatever at the exchange they realize that it's him. he's the man that just died and he was very curious about the person who tried to save him and couldn't figure out how to move on either. Karen, this needs you need to write this. Write this again. I need to write, rewrite it. Turn it into a novel. Anyway, it was a big love story. It ends with her trigger warning. Oh, killing herself. It was dark. I was 14. Well, maybe for the commercial selling of this book that you're going to write because I'm now number one advocate for ghost smut. Yeah. You might need to rewrite the ending for a happier tale, but Okay. I'll keep the beginning because the beginning was yeah. like she was recalling their love story and she was almost about to do the act. And so you didn't know if she was like, wait, this is why a- she was in that position. I'm so into this. Okay, I'll rewrite it. You anyway, should. it was really good. And my teacher gave it back and she was like, holy shit, this is like an amazing story. Got 100%. My mom gave it to like one of her friends to read because they were like, look at this. And the woman was like, 
you have to submit this to magazines as a short story. And I was like, okay, I will. And then like a year later, Grey's Anatomy comes out with a plot that is very similar (laughs) in one of their episodes. So I was like, now it's going to look like I ripped off a Grey's Anatomy storyline. I mean, that's like a, I think that's a trope. But there's also the movie with, is it Reese Witherspoon? Where, spoiler alert, she's dead, but she thinks there's a man living in her apartment. Are you thinking of The Others with Nicole Kidman? No, no, no. This is like a, it's a rom-com. She basically dies and, but doesn't realize she's dead. She goes back to her apartment and there's a man living there. She's like, get out of my place. And he's like, what are you talking about? This is my place. And then he like walks through her and she realizes she's dead, but then they like fall in love. Yeah, this is the same thing. I've never seen that. I need to watch this. Now I need to find it. Also, the movie Ghost. (laughs) I've never seen that, believe it or not. Me neither. I have no clue what happens in Ghost other than they have a moment with the pottery wheel. (laughs) Of course. That's that's infamous. Oh, Just Like Heaven. It came out in 2005 Mm. with Mark Ruffalo and Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Well, I wrote this paper in 2008. So... They did it first, but I'll redo mine. I still want to hear how yours progresses and evolves into a book because I'm here for it. I'll rewrite it. Please. I I really think it'd be great. I had it printed out. Maybe my parents have been kind of, now that I have a house, every time I visit, they've been semi-forcefully sending me with all my shit every time I leave. Wait. So I have an idea. What? When we're both home for the holidays, so this will have already happened Mm -hmm. by the time this episode comes out. We both try to find like creative writing that we wrote in school and we do a Patreon episode where we reread our writings. Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to try to find, hopefully I can find this. If not, I know exactly what I'm going to read, which is my journal from like second grade where I was opinionated. I'm texting (laughs) my mom right now. Get the journals ready. Okay. I have another shorter-ish email. Okay. Well, I guess it's not that short, but it's interesting the story that you just read because this one's subject line is, I was lured into the back rooms by a frisky dream spirit. Oh, they have all the tactics. (laughs) I know. Hello, fabulous ghouls and cat. You two are amazing. I've been listening since the pandemic and I can't get enough. I'm catching myself up from the beginning while I work. I've always wanted to write in, but I've never had personal experiences, just a couple from other family members. But then I listened to your episode about the back rooms and something hit me. I think I was lured into the back rooms a couple times in my dreams. And I was lured by a very frisky dream spirit. A couple times? A couple times. It's been a few years, but let me walk you through my tale. And this is going to be the PG version. Okay. The dream started at the end of an all-unsuspecting night, as they all do. I turned off the lights, I brushed my teeth, and I took my dog out for her end-of-day shit. (laughs) And then I went to bed. My dream started in a familiar setting. Whether it was a place that I actually remembered or it was only a place in my dream, I don't really remember, but it was very familiar at the time. And the people were familiar too. It was a group of old friends and we were having a party, maybe a birthday or a Halloween party. I don't really know. Anyways... There's a girl at this party, and I'm very into her. She's someone that I've known for a while, and according to the dream, she's very attractive and way out of my league. Her and I start chatting, having some drinks, 
and things start to get a little handsy. Not wanting to get too frisky in front of everyone, she guides me to a more secluded part of the house. Have we read this before? It's starting to sound really familiar. I don't think so. Okay. But I'm into this. I feel like we should do like a ghost smut episode. Like, let's just do like a sexy ghost. We got to write this down immediately after this. Ghost smut. The episode. (laughs) However, all of a sudden, and to no surprise to me or any alarm, we were no longer at the house at all. We are now in a seemingly abandoned office space. The office space is fairly modern, frosted glass wall offices inside a wide open area with a large manager's desk at the end. Other than this, however, there's no furniture. The perfect place for ghost sex. (laughs) Right. Not that I care because there's a super hot girl pulling my arm into one of the office units so that we can get it on. We find an office with a good sturdy desk because it's gotta be. We start making out. My hands are all over her. Her hands are all over me. And I lift her onto the desk. But then, before anything else happens, we hear noises. It doesn't sound like voices, but it sounds like something that is supposed to sound like voices. Oh. Through the frosted glass of the offices, we see dark shadows, like businessmen are starting to stream into the building. And you'd think this is not out of the ordinary for an office building, but for some reason, it feels like these people do not belong here. Interesting. So we exit the office and we hurry to the next one. As we hunch down and hide, the quote-unquote workers enter the office that we were just in. Now that there's only two layers of glass between us and them, I can visibly see them a little bit more clearly. They look vaguely how I would imagine Slender Man to look. Don't like but that. in a suite, because this is office time. This does not deter my frisky friend. She tugs my arm and with a jerk of her head indicates to a stairwell. When the quote-unquote workers... We're facing away, we dash for the stairwell, and we scamper to the next floor. We exit into the space that looks exactly the same. But now, we're free of any onlookers, so things start to get heated again. But as soon as they do, we hear the stairwell door open and the workers step out. Oh no! There's a game of cat and mouse. We run around the frosted glass offices, hiding behind them as though they were cubicles. And as we run, the workers follow. I'm imagining Will Ferrell and the like Barbie Mattel employees from the Barbie movie chasing (laughs) into Barbie land. Yes, totally. We get across the floor and into another stairwell. And the next floor is the same, the same scenario. The next floor, the same. After a while, I'm not interested in getting frisky. I just want to get out of here. Yeah, And it's at this time that I look around and I find I'm completely alone. I'm not sure if I lost the girls somewhere along the way or if really I've been on my own the whole time. Things are getting blurry And I'm not sure if I've been climbing the stairwell upward or downward. And I think the easiest way out is to just ask one of the workers for the exit. However, now that I want one, they all seem to be gone. And there's not a sound to be heard. And then I wake up, thoroughly disappointed in so many ways. So I've had these dreams several times. So what do you think? Are these backroom encounters just weird dreams? I'd love to hear the story on the podcast and your opinions on what is going on. Thank you for the great work you do. Your faithful listener, Terry. I have a theory. Yes. Pick Sabrina. Me. I'll call on you. You in the green. Me? Oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, hi, my name's Sabrina. I have a theory. So <laughs> maybe this is influenced by our conversation we were just having. But what if this is like a past life romance and lover who has in the afterlife continued to try to find Terry because they are soulmates and they're connected from a past life. And there's this like desire to reconnect. And 
she's breaking the rules by doing so, by bringing her into this astral space where they can have a romance. But these employees, these businessmen are trying to make her follow the rules. So they're chasing them. Mm -hmm. And Terry feels like they're coming for them, but they're specifically after this woman. That's why Terry couldn't find them again. Interesting. Right. Because it kind of feels like though she's frisky and trying to, you know, continue the activities, there are moments that it feels like she's just as scared. Yeah. And also trying to run away. She's not like, oh, it's fine. Stay here. And it feels like she's leading the charge. I'm curious if there's conversations that Terry, that you two have. And is it the same woman every single time? Like, could you recognize her face if you saw her? Could you draw her? Yeah. It's very interesting. Because is she an escaped person who's supposed to just be one of the people that plays her role in a dream? And those guys aren't looking for you, Terry. They're looking for her. They're hunting her down because she's a rogue employee of the dream world. And she's luring people into the back rooms to have a moment to just feel a little human. I don't know. It makes me sad, but I am glad that they are able to have some moments. It seems like there's no final satisfaction guaranteed but no it sounds enjoyable but it does it follows the rules of the back room though which is it why it's so creepy where like there's people you know it's a familiar setting and then all of a sudden you're in this kind of vacant subliminal office space type thing with very little furniture and a creature or people lurking and like the imminent doom kind of always surrounding you no exit in sight disoriented constantly but Terry gets out. Like, I feel like it's a back room more for the other woman. She's being chased. Yeah. I don't know. Because he does wake know. up. Yeah. So, hmm. curious. Hmm. Curious. I have a short one to end us with. And Great. this is from Liz, who we met at the Vegas show. And so many people who we met at the shows were like, oh, I need to tell you the story. And um, the amount of times that you and I, Kern, would be like, did you email this to us? And they were like, no. of the time people said, no, I have not emailed you. So Liz is one of those people. And thank you, Liz, for doing your homework and emailing us. Hello, Sabrina and Corinne. I recently went to your Vegas show with my friend Iris, and it was an amazing experience. We even left school early just so we can get front row seats. As we did the meet and greet, (laughs) Corinne asked if we had gone to the Zach Bagans Museum. And honestly, I've been avoiding going for the reason that my family has been haunted for as long as I can remember And I don't want anything else attached to me. Fair. Understandable. My mom sees, hears, and senses spirits. But I told you ladies that I would send a story of one of the many times a witch appeared to my mom. And this is specifically the time my stepdad and sister witnessed this. It shook my sister. So one day, my parents, my sister, and little brother all came home from eating dinner when all of a sudden, my mom stopped in her tracks. She looked up on the roof. My stepdad and sister noticed, and so they followed her eyesight and looked up as well. They saw her, hunched over with what appeared to be wearing all black and something covering its face was this being staring at my mom up on the roof. (sighs) My sister said that she froze and just looked back to my mom, and this woman and my mom were staring at each other. My mom, without taking her eyes away from this being on the roof, said, go inside, take your brother. So, jeez, it's so much scarier when your parent basically confirms what's happening and is like, danger, you get somewhere safe. Because that's horrifying. Yeah. 
So then my stepdad steps in front of my mom and starts cursing this witch in Spanish. The witch took a step closer as my stepdad did this, and he just kept yelling at her to go away, to leave them alone. But he was also cursing at her. Finally, my mom said, she's gone. And the weird thing is that my mom felt like she was in a trance as everything was going on. She was there, but she wasn't there. Me and my sister often tell her from all the experiences and the witches my mom has seen since she was younger that we believe she was a witch in a past life and maybe now they're all calling to her. Is that maybe true? I don't know. I myself have experienced a lot of weird paranormal things that I feel like I get from my mom because I too can see, hear, and feel things that are unexplainable. Maybe we were all a coven of witches in the past life because now my sister is also starting to experience weird things. That's it for now. I have experienced other things and I will email those in the near future. See you on the other side, Liz. Wow. I think my brain is taking one of those twists where now I'm thinking about books and movies and what the twist could be. (laughs) And it feels almost like they're chosen and all of these witches are Mm. trying to basically expose to them that they too are witches and lure them in. scary. It doesn't sound like a friendly haunting. It sounds intimidating and menacing and scary. And it reminds me a lot of, I've told this on the podcast before, but one of the reoccurring nightmares that I had at my house that I grew up in that was haunted where the experience with my sister and like the demon, I would very similarly continue to wake up in my dream. So I was awake or I was sleeping, but it was in my dream. I felt like I was awake and I was drawn to my window. And when I would look outside, there was like this figure in all black that was facing away from my house, standing like on the road basically, but at the edge of the property. But as I approached the window, it would slowly turn around and look at me. And it was this horrifying, kind of similar to what this description of this witch was. And it would stare at me in this like evil, almost like a, I want you to look at me menacing. Right. And it's like, what, what are these things? Because we call them witches because that's, you know, like they look similar enough to what is depicted as a witch in some of the movies and books and stuff that we grew up on. Wicked witch. I'll use that as like an alternate word because not all witches are bad. Not all people are bad. There's good and there's bad for everything. It sounds like it looks like a Disney witch. Like Apple? It's like the Wicked Witch of the West as depicted in Wizard of Oz, not as depicted in Wicked. Because, you know misunderstood yeah yeah it is freaky seeing something once is scary enough but having it happen multiple times it does feel like something's coming for you it's coming not to freak you out (laughs) well i haven't had that since i was like five years old six years old so i feel like i'm in the clear and the rem pad has not gone off at all this episode so maybe there is just like the upper shelf some electrical current happening right there some current there we'll have to test it out try a different shelf every time yeah, and maybe I'll get like a little like podium and put it just like yes. front and center. <laughs> Until then, please email us your ghost stories. Maybe one of your ghost stories will activate ghosts in my home. Not, I don't know. <laughs> sure, why not? I think they're already there. No, I don't think so. This is a good, good space, positive space. Yeah, but you don't you have Harold or whatever Howie, his name? Howie, yeah, Howie, Howie Howard. Huey. But he has not. I think maybe he was just here then or he stops by, but I don't think he's here all the time. Not a permanent resident. Or he respects my space. Yeah. So email us at twogirlsmongoespodcast at gmail.com. If we forget, please remind us, ghost smut episode. We want to do that. So send I'm us writing stories. this down for us. 
I know, but also send us those. Yeah, send us your ghost mind. <laughs> and we will see you. See you on the other side. Very spooky.